0: welcome everybody to the skill development playbook podcast i am your host coach tj season five episode number 16 i have a rebroadcast that i will be playing for you today when i did the interview with mark Williams of team footprints um this replay or this rebroadcast is is different from the format of how the show is done now i asked some different questions i um You know, we talked about a lot of different things. Uh, Of course, you know, we got into, you know, some skills that's important for players to learn. But then I asked them, I had a rapid fire segment that I did. And plus we had the bonus question. So it's a little bit different uh, format, but it's, of course, it's going to be always informative. So y'all get out your pen and pad, take some good notes here. This is the interview that I did with Mark Williams of Team Footprints. And today's featured guest is Mark Williams of Team Footprints Basketball out of New York. Coach, are you ready to drop some knowledge for everyone listening?
1: Let's go. I'm ready, baby. All right. That's
0: great. So give everyone a little background information about you. Tell us about your coaching experience and how you come to start Team Footprints Basketball.
1: Well, we started primarily as a basketball training program for um, professional basketball players. uh, Myself and Talik Brown of University of Connecticut. At that point, we then um, migrated down to the younger, to the youth, at which point uh, we saw a big market as far as um, untapped, as far as ability is concerned. A lot of people had a lot of athletic skills based out of New York City. Um, we were able to see a lot of New York City basketball players, or me athletes, um, but they lacked focus and they lacked um, fundamentals. Um, so we took up upon ourselves and other people, of course, uh, to address the fundamentals that um, were lacking in basketball, particularly the New York City area. At which point um, we branched off into different areas, and now we're um, we have a little global, worldwide presence. Um, obviously, not as huge as others, but um, we're trying to get there. But uh, we all started with the, the premise of um, fundamentally in, increasing the skills of our players throughout the world.
0: You know, that's that's all that we want to do is trying to improve the skills of different players. And I know you say you started with pros, and then you moved on to the to the youth level. Right. So, real quick. In your own words, what is skill development and how important is skill development to the game of basketball?
1: Um, Skill development to us or to myself is basically enhancing something that you can do or or on the other side, increasing something, uh, enhancing what you can do or decreasing a weakness that you may have. Um, You know, nowadays, they think that skill is um, playing hard. When I grew up, playing hard was a, a requirement. It wasn't, it wasn't something, was not spe- something. Not necessarily special, but it wasn't something that was a, was a skill. And today's game is, is more of a skill. Um, so what we try to do is take whatever that skill is that you have and make it, uh, um, embellish it, amplify it to the next level so that you can be noticed and then uh, hopefully garner some um, looks on a collegiate level, high school level, as well as a collegiate level, and hopefully into the next level professional. Um, is skill development needed today? Um, or how important it is. It's, it's important. It's vital. Um, as you know, without any skill, today's world, you can't do much of anything on a basketball court any, for that matter, any sport. Um, and it, especially, especially when being at the game so specialized, we have guys that just do rebounding. You have guys that just do this and you have guys or girls who do just that. Um, we try to make a player, um, universal where he or she can play in any system or any do anything, uh, so we try to um hone on what they can do and then increase what they can't necessarily do um and i think that's the the epitome of skill development
0: oh yeah um improving a player or enhancing a player's skills helping them get from point a to point b i think that's that's like you say it's vital it's very very important you don't want players to be stagnant right you know you want you want to see those that, that stair step you know that, that you want to see them Every time they come into the gym, you want to see a little bit of progress. I tell my players all the time, progress over perfection. Yeah, you know, I agree. If you just improve just a little bit from day one to day two, or even just from that first rep to the last rep, that's all I can ask for. And I, and I feel like over time, you can look back and you can see how far you've come.
1: Without a doubt. I, yeah. I, and I and I, I take the, the, the novice of all the novices. Mm-hmm. And, and put him/her on the court, and one day yeah. they can't—they can only make one layup in a row, but Thursday they can make um, five in a row. You know, it's incremental, but yet in of itself, it's progress. And I, you know, that's that's what skill development is at the right. end of the day. Right. So
0: when it let's now let's get into a little bit of, of the meat of, of your workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to preparing for your your individual skill development workouts, a training session, or practices. What do you do to get organized and prepared for the workout? So kind of tell us how you put together your skill development uh, training sessions.
1: Well, we don't use a cookie, cookie cutter uh, formula. Um, we, we assess, obviously, the player or the players and their ability. And we try to fit the, 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 the drills to what they, what they can and can't necessarily do. Um, you know, I, I don't want to drill. where I'm doing forty dunks in a row for a kid that can't make a layup. So right.
0: what
1: we what we do is we obviously start with a, with, a, with a warm up, and then we go right into a dynamic warm up, and then we go into a stationary ball handling for a second just to get the feel for the ball. Um, At younger youth, we do the body wraps, you know, the traditional stuff that we all grew up on. Mm-hmm. But um, as you as as we progress along the workout, then we get more into particular. We tailor it to what the kid or the student can do, or the or the professional player and that and and that we um focus on what they can and can't do and like i like i don't want a 611 guy trying to go double between his legs in and out hop over step that's just not what he's going to do in the game so right. what we what, what we try to do is make everything game uh, relevant and game realistic now we don't we don't script our workouts um like one particular day it may be we're just going off the off the top of our head like like mm-hmm. like and we just what this kid needs at that particular time you see a flaw like you are making a bounce pass and he or she can't execute a bounce pass we got to stop the whole drill like let's go back to the bounce pass you know so we, there's never anything script to the point where okay now it you know like in college we had to do practice from 10.01 to 10.05 we'll get a water break and at 10.06 to 10.12 we'll do shell drill there's it, it, nothing like that it's just spontaneous Um, and all the emphasis that we want to get across are emphasizing those workouts. And I think that's, it's, that's how, uh, that's best how we, how we feel it works.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the same way I am. I was speaking with somebody the other day about this. Um, what I like to do is split my workouts up into blocks. I know Mm -hmm. exactly what skills I want to work on, but I don't, I don't go in and say, okay, we're going to do. Uh, pound dribble crosses through the cones for five minutes, and then we're right. gonna move to this drill and move to that drill. You know, it's just like last night. I was working with a young kid, and his footwork was off. And mm-hmm. I got a great drill for us to do. I, I really wanted to do this drill, but his footwork is off. Right. And so, the the trainer in me is like, okay, let's stop. Let's let's work on some footwork. Let's get your shot like it's supposed to be, and then maybe if we have time, we can get back to that drill. Right. So. You know, I think of two words when you were talking um about how you do your workouts. Number one was progression. You know, you start a certain way and you continue to lead up and build up to, to, to other things. Uh customization. Everybody is different. You know, mm-hmm. so I can't come in and do the same workout for every single player. Everything has to be uh customized to that player and to that to that
1: player's skills.
0: Right. So let me let me ask you um uh, Another quick question to piggyback off this. Mm-hmm. What benefit do you see of not writing down your workouts? Cause I don't write mine down. I know what I'm going to do when I get to the gym, but what benefit do you see of not going in and say, okay, these are the drills that we're going to do from this time to that time.
1: Yeah, um, It's me checking my paper every five minutes as opposed to me being in the drill. Um that's the biggest thing because now I'm not focused. I'm focused on how much time we got as opposed to just letting the process take, it, take it, run its course. And, and, the, and the biggest one is just um, it takes away from being fluid. I, I play basketball. I, I played basketball and I still currently play basketball. And all of our guys on our staff have played and, and still currently play. So we know what it takes. So we're not going to sit here and say, all right, now I go four, like you said, four pound dribbles between the legs, freeze, and I'm going to go check my paper. And then see what I'm supposed to be doing next. No, no, no. Like, we're going to do this until we master it. And then we're just going to keep mastering it, keep mastering it. I don't care about how much time I go over. I don't care about any of that. We're going, we're going to get this down pat to where you understand, like, it's going to be natural that you walk into the gym, somebody comes up on you and you hit them with a double move, and you don't even know why you did what you did. And it right. just happened. Right. And so it just takes away from that. One thing I want to say about um, switching up the and and this is also too, uh, you know, everyone's energy level is not high all the time. So, <laughs> yes, yes. So even on our on our side, also. So, when, when, you know, I walk into a gym and I say, "All right, I need, this kid has a weak handle. He struggles going left. Whatever the case may be." So we're going to do you know drills related to that. And then it's just like boring. Like mm-hmm. I'm bored. Right. He's bored. Right. Like, so I, you know, I check the ball up. Let's go. Let's let's get some competition going let's get the blood flowing so that we can now get into this workout because you're you're distracted and and I'm not being I'm I'm not being literal I, I I'm going to punch you in your face and let's work. <laughs> not not literal. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah, like, I I gonna know what check. You I'm I know I'm what gonna you really, I'm really I'm a challenge you as a man or girl right. and we're going to we're going to work because I I'm, I'm I'm I think I'm better than Kobe Bryant at the <laughs> that's what I think. Yeah. So I so 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 I'm saying to the to the student or the player I'm saying um you're not going to beat me. So if you come in with that attitude, your coach is not going to care. Uh, um, The people in the fans, the stands aren't going to care. You have to come to play just like me. I got to come to play as a trainer, a skill developer. So let's check it up. Let's get this energy popping and let's, let's get back at it. Then we could get back into our drill. So that's that, you know, that takes away from everybody being um, that helps as far as being spontaneous. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I've had to do that too a couple of times. Um, you know, sometimes doing that just makes the light come on, right? Because sometimes a player just don't think that they can do a particular skill until they're out there just kind of letting their hair down and letting loose, and then they kind of see, oh man, this, you know, I, I'm, you know, all that work is put in, I can perform, you know, this skill, right? So, yeah, that's 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 a good one. Uh, yeah. so now now that you know. You know you you're, you know what you want to work on and you actually hit on this a little bit you, How do you like to start your workouts? I know just a minute ago you had mentioned a warm up and mm-hmm. then a dynamic warm up and possibly right. getting into some ball handling. Can you talk about that uh, sure. real quick about how you like to start your workouts
1: yeah um i i I was, I was taught early that you can't um, just start working out a cold muscle. And and I think that and I, luckily I had great people around me. Alan Stein helped me a little bit, watching his stuff, reading his stuff, talking to him briefly. But I think it was um learned out from like the eighties when I just got named Lee Taff, he, you you he, you may know him. Mm-hmm. I've um, heard of him before. Um, he, he used to work us out in in Vermont when I was living in Vermont, and he always taught us you can't necessarily warm up. Or you can't work out a cold muscle. It's, he equated to a piece of taffy. You know, kids don't eat taffy no more, but it's basically that. Um, and so we we're big into that. We don't even want anyone to get injured. Um, so we we go right into a little dynamic work, and it could be it could be five to ten minutes. It can be you know sky jumps. It could be leaps, or it could be anything. You know, just something to get the blood flowing. And then we get into stationary ball handling. We don't do a lot of that, and and, and the reason is because everything we try to do is game realistic. Because I don't remember a time in a game when I was stationarily dribbling the basketball in a right. game. Right. Um I think it just helps you with your coordination get your eye eye handout coordination going, but mostly we get we, we, we're on the move double cross between whatever the case may be, whatever the patterns are we get right into that initially um, and then we get into like I said we did, now we get into the meat and potatoes and we get more into the focal the, the focus of the workout what he or she needs for that particular time and if it's a group so if it's, if it's a group, uh, we have different levels of groups of players within the group. We try to tailor the drills where Johnny can do double-cross between, but Sarah can only go in and out. Mm-hmm. So, Sarah, mm-hmm. you've not got that in and out, but you got to make that layup. I don't care what level you at. You better hit the top of that square mm-hmm. uh, on that box and make that layup. Because at the end of the day, if you can't make layups, you're not going to be a basketball player on, on any level. So, so we try to tailor it to the best of their ability. Um and just go from there. Then, then now is now is me and Talib brainstorming on what we're going to do next with the with the next drill.
0: Okay. Okay. So now, uh, now that you've been prepared, you you have got them warmed up and you got them loose and, and got them a good sweat going. Now let's get into what what I feel are the four fundamentals that are imperative to developing a solid offensive game. Mm-hmm. And that's, which is uh, ball handling, which is uh, drilling and passing. Mm-hmm. And you have shooting, you have footwork, and you have basketball IQ. So talk about each of those skills, and I'll tell you again if you need to hear them again. So just talk about – a take a couple of minutes to talk about those skills and share with the coaches how you teach those four skills to a player. So let's start with, with the ball, handling, the, the dribbling, and passing. How do you right. actually teach that skill?
1: Yeah, um Defense. <laughs> <laughs> Live, defender, huh? Live defense beats a cone all day. Oh you no! Know, yeah. Like, like I said, we do the like we do the stationary for a half a second, then we do it on the move, and then we throw a defender in front. So um that's I, you can't learn going against a cone. Uh, it helps as far right. as repetition and, 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 and learning the patterns or what, what to look for. But you got to be able to see if that if he has his right foot up. What am I going to do on defense? We're like, what, what am I going to do? So. We try to put it, make it as more game, as game realistic as possible. So um, I don't know if you notice it. I know that passing is like an art that no one really addresses yeah. in a in, in game. Yeah. Um, so we do on the dribble, like we, and I know that everyone does this. This is probably the extent of our um, stationary dribbling. We incorporate the passing where you double move, pass with the right hand, double cross, mm-hmm. pass with the right hand. So we got the balls coming back and forth. Uh, we do that. And then we have one of the people move. So now you got to hit the kid or the student moving in, in their pocket, whatever, you know, cause you know, I coach a lot of girls and they, they're always a half a second late to me. Right. Right. Um, uh, to right. me. That's um, when so a lot I, of
0: turnovers happen, right? So when that, when they're a half a second late on delivering that pass. And, yeah.
1: and it's over, it's over. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so we go right from double cross to a pass, a moving target, a double pass. And, and, and um, I know you're going to talk about it later on, but, um, this may sound funny, and I and I at first I scoffed at it because I'm not a big gadget dude. Really, gadgets really get on my nerves at times.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, a, a, we we actually did something the other day, a simple hula hoop, and it sounds funny, uh-huh. but we we rolled a hula hoop and the kid had to throw it through a hula hoop, or the oh. dribble. So, pop okay. pop pop, I'm running, I'm running past, boom, hula hoop's on my left, I got to hit go between a hula hoop. Um... And I know I've seen drills where guys are hitting stationary cones and they're, right. they're, they're, they're doing this and doing that, hitting dots on the wall. I grew up doing that one. But I'm moving now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The game is moving. We're we're, we're, move, we're we're moving up and down. So that's one drill that we just incorporate as far as passing. And, and it incorporates ball handling as well as passing because you're making your move and you're passing. Um, the second one was shooting. Again, it's sad to say the game as as i you know you watch some of the throwback games on nba tv and these guys can shoot they didn't run no sets these these jojo white and Havlicek, those guys oh, can shoot the ball man the, today no one can shoot so what happens that's what teams press all day they press all day we can press all day to generate offense cuz they can't shoot in a half court set so um, we, we do a lot of emphasis on shooting progression. You know, I, I know it's boring. We know it's boring. Uh, we know form shooting is the worst thing you can do to someone, but you know what? It's probably one of the most important drills you will ever do in your life. Yeah. Um, how many people are the 90 degree angle when they're shooting on their elbow, you know, how many 45 degree angles on the legs, you know, body squared up, shoulder squared up, you know, so. We do a lot of emphasis on, sh- on shooting. We have a shooting machine. We have a class called the gun, as everyone does. Mm-hmm. But we we, we we had kids out there trying to hoist it, hoist the ball, just in playing around, hoisting the ball over the net. So, you know, as you're younger, first kids are playing with 29 fives when they shouldn't be playing with 29 fives. Right. Um, then they're throwing the ball from their hips, so now they're going to grow up. They're going to throw the ball from their hips. So yeah. – so we we we, we deaded that. We stopped them from using that. But we now have a shooting class, and we just go over straight form shooting, um, just form shooting, your window, um, everything. So we do that as far as shooting is concerned. And then as you progress, uh, we have a lot of all of our drills are game related. So you're going to get a lot of reps in that one particular spot. You're going to go. You're going to do a hundred, one dribble one dribble right pulls. So you're going to go two dribble right pulls you're going to do a thousand of those so you're going to get your reps um and i think reps are the key to shooting oh yeah uh, 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 the third one was okay i'm sorry go ahead
0: well i was just going to say that the real quick the thing that i like to, t- to teach all the, the kids that come to me and, and that i work with i tell them it's it's two simple ingredients to be what i call a consistently good shooter mm-hmm. and number one is proper shooting form and technique and number two is reps
1: that's it. <laughs> you know, so
0: <laughs> it doesn't get any simpler than that. You know, once you learn how to shoot the ball the correct way and you get in your reps, you could be a consistently good shooter. Meaning, if you have a player coming to the gym and you tell them, hey, I want you to shoot 10 shots from the left, from the left wing, you want them to make 7 out of 10.
1: Oh, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm a firm believer, and I'm sure that you are also, with your reps, you're going to get your game reps and then you just want to get your reps to get your form correct. Like right. you know, you, the right. the warm up, the warm up jump shots. You got to take those. Yep. That you, you, that corrects everything. And then, then then you know, warm up your warm up jump shots. And then when he starts getting serious into the workout, you're going game speed. Right. Um. But uh. But you have to get your form down correctly. Um. That's the key. I think. Um. The third one. Well, what was the third one? The third one is footwork. Listen, and and they say and and this is and this is not a, a detriment to the to, to the overseas basketball players I think they, those guys are doing a great job, but this is more in, in, in here in n c a a in in america they're projecting the top two top five players to be from over- across the water mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they all say because they are they have great footwork great footwork you know, you could teach a guy mic and drill. We know that, but inside pivot, kids aren't struggling with inside pivot or left-right left, right, shot. Or what if you go one-two, left-right, right-left, coming off the left off the left side. You know, the footwork I think is the key to get your shot off a lot quicker. Uh, I know everyone wants to do the Euro step, and everybody wants to do this <laughs> and do that. Yeah. But but it all it all starts with footwork. If your if your, foot, your feet aren't right, you can't do it. And I and I have a thing when the, when the ball's in flight, get your feet right. So. Mm. when when the ball is coming to you you can't just wait for the ball you got to attack the ball left right or hop that whatever it is you got to be ready when the ball's in flight get your feet right and i think that's the most important to anything um anything and the last one was uh
0: the last uh, one is basketball IQ how do you, how do you how do you teach the players um knowing the game on the court during your doing your workouts
1: defense again and then we um, real game situations and then we have to stop the play and we just worked on one dribble right or one dribble left and you want to go do some in one Pluto out of the world mm-hmm. we're going to stop no, Johnny why did you do what you just did you see him doing this you do that these are your reads stop everybody go back to where they were here's, just, here's your read boom he's here if he, this guy goes this way you got to play chess. You can't play checkers. We teach so you got to see it before the CSCs it. season. So you have to play the game. So that's what we try to do as far as enhancing IQ. Or we sit down on the side with them after they work out and say, so like, what, "What was wrong? What, what, you all right? Like uh, you was going through something? Like yeah. you know better than that? Like let's let's get it together."
0: Yeah. One thing that I think for any uh, coach or parent or volunteer co-professional coach or volunteer coach that's listening. Is one thing, if you really want your players to learn uh, high, or, or have a high basketball IQ, you've got to understand that stopping the practice and making corrections is okay. You know, it is. Um, I do some small groups with about six players at a time, and we like to finish up the workouts with some three on three. Mm-hmm. And we can't even get through the game because it's like after every possession, I'm I'm stopping them to make some type of some type of correction or get them some type of feedback or some type of yeah. information. But it, it's imperative to do that because that's the only way they're going to learn. So when you're out there and you're working with your players and you're trying to work on their IQ and, and you got these different skills, do you do any type of defensive of drills or things of that nature? Because I know as a skill coach, you know, majority of the time if I'm working with a player, we're going to do offense. Right. offensive moves but how do you incorporate some defense uh techniques and and different drills into your into your workouts
1: uh we do the basic close out you know force them this way but but to be honest with you like you said it, it's hard to really focus a lot an hour and a half on defense mm-hmm. um and, and but here's another rationale we, we we use is uh coaches have their own their high school coach and AAU coaches and their youth coaches or the cyo coaches they have their own philosophy on defense now again I'm on the ball or up the on the line on up the on the ball on the line two passes away whatever your f- philosophy is, we don't want to disturb that so right. i don't want I don't right. want to teach a kid um um wisconsin's defense on the line up the line and, and their coach is teaching complete denial so or we're rotating forcing middle or they're forcing baseline i we don't want to get into that right. or, 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 all right. we do is or we we say simply this. Keep your man in front of you. Stay solid. Don't reach. Yeah. That, that, that's, and beat him to the next spot. That's all we ask for. At the end of the day, I don't care what philosophy you have, and no disrespect to any coaches, that's the name of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep your man in yeah. front of you. Don't reach. Stay solid.
0: And, and I think that's something that's, that's important uh, for any skill trainers out there that's listening. You know, you can't teach everything. But if a player, what I like to tell my players is, you know, your coach is going to have their own defensive philosophy. Right. My defensive philosophy could be totally different from your coach. So I'm not necessarily going to teach you how to exactly play team defense, but I'm going to give you just some basic, some groundwork, some fundamental uh, uh, understanding of how to play defense, how to guard the ball, how to close out, You know where you're supposed to be. If you're more, if you're one or two passes away,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: being able to get to your help spots, just basic fundamentals. And I say, you want to learn it to where if the coach making an adjustment or tells you something different, it's not it's it's not a big change. You know, it's an easy adjustment. So yeah, defense is tough when you're when you're uh, especially if you got you know two or three players and they may be on different levels and one player could be excelling offensively and, and you may have a another player that's not quite on the same level. So, um, so now let's, let's move on to when you're doing the camp, when mm-hmm. you're doing a camp or if you're working with, you know, a high school team, um, how do you maximize time, space, and reps? You know, you have everybody moving, everybody being active, everybody being involved, how do you mm-hmm. make your skill development workouts for these large groups efficient?
1: Now, hopefully, I have enough staff where we could go old school and do stations. We're big station guys, like like we grew up on Five Star. I thought that was uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you had the opportunity to go to Five Star, but that was probably one of the best um, stations breakdown camps that we've ever gone to. Um, and we have enough staff where we can have different spots or different um, different station or different baskets. But if you do not have that luxury, um, we go, we, we do all, and this is, it's, it's kind of cookie cutter only because it's so damn, the, the amount of um, players that you have. Um, um, we, we go into the ball handling, we do the, the traditional ball handling, um, but we get a little more competition. We're big in the competition. So we're not going to do the race games, you put the ball and race the ball down and you run back and none, none of that. So we're going to do an old fashioned thing called a zigzag drill where you have to beat your man or girl. A uh, mm-hmm. full court. Um, you know, two sides of that going at the same time. Uh shooting competitions whereas, you know, partner competitions. Um, I think the biggest thing though is just um each basket is doing the same drill. So let's say we don't have enough stations, coaches to do stations. We'll bring everybody to the center, um, and then we'll teach the drill of the day or to move that for that particular set. Or you know, block like you use, block, and then we'll mm-hmm. we'll we'll send Everybody out to go do it on their own, and we'll walk around to the best of our ability um, and try to get to everyone as much as we possibly can. Obviously, the, the larger the venue, the harder it's for us as a staff to get around. Um, that's pretty much the premise. Um, but you know, as the larger the camps are, is not a lot, 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 lot of teaching going on um, because right. you really have to, you have to move them around, get keep the kids active. But um, when we do our professional stuff. No, it's all it's all teaching and it's all reps, teaching and reps, um, and that's where we really get a lot of fun out of that. No, um, although we get fun out of the kids because they're funny and stuff like that, but we get a lot we get a lot of joy out of, of the um, the older older guys because it's a lot more intense and we have to be sharp because they know the game a little bit, right. um, And we have to be sharp.
0: I don't do the real big camps, forty, mm-hmm. fifty, sixty players at one time. Right. The one thing that I tell my kids whenever I do a camp that everything that I'm showing you today, you will not be able to get enough reps in. Right, right. everything that you're shown today is temporary. It's a temporary improvement. And what you do, what you learn at this camp, if you take that and do it outside of this camp, you can make it permanent. And so I let my players understand from the beginning, don't expect to come in here and go to a camp today or for, for the week and then think, okay, I got better.
1: Because I went to
0: team Footprints <laughs> right, basketball right. camp for the week.
1: Yeah, I agree
0: 1,000%. So, now I know it's summertime and you were talking about the different leagues um, mm-hmm. and players now are playing AAU. What is your ideal scenario? What is the perfect scenario for a player to get skill development games – or, I'm sorry, skill development workouts versus playing AAU or rec League games?
1: I, I have a um – a breakdown. I, I wrote a blog maybe like five years ago of, of optimum development, I thought. And, and and I think it went like um, one quarter practice, one quarter skill development, and then the half um, playing. Um, and that could be playing in your annual team or this old thing that I used to do called play in the park. Um, but I think if you really sat down and thought about it, you really can't get better just doing drills all day because, you know, You're going against nobody going against a shadow. It's like shadow boxing. You know, at some point you got to get in in the ring and get punched. Um, So I think that's what the the half of of that comes from playing, but you have to be around people that know the game and that's coming from your practice. You got to learn your practice stuff and how to learn how to play basketball, but then you got to work on your individual skills because as you know, individual skills lead into team skills, which ultimately lead into team success. So, so I think it's important that you have the, the the skills to be able to play on a team.
0: Okay. So let's say that you may have a player that just come up to you and say, hey, I hear you do training. Um, what can I do on my own to get better? What do you want the players and parents to know that they need to do to continue to get better on their own?
1: Now, this is a tricky one because some of my best friends are um – or do this um i would say the internet but i think there's a lot of uh filler drills on the internet Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, and there's no disrespect to anyone and, and by that i mean there are drills that aren't necessarily game related they look good the sizzle's outstanding like I, the sizzle i would you know i would love to jump out of a helicopter dribble the basketball and, but that's not game realistic um but the Internet can be, be a resource if you really search through the different stuff mm-hmm. um, and then go to a, go to the park and get those reps in on your own. Um, you know, substance over sizzle is, is how, what we believe. Um, and just picking people's brains, go to the park and, and kind of, you know, watch what the old heads do or uh, go to where the guys go to play um, and learn. But you could do a lot of To be honest with you, we didn't exist 10 years ago, you or I. Um, as far as skilled developers, that's, you know, it's a recent phenomenon, but I learned from an old man in the park and just playing. Yeah. And yeah. Just playing. And, and and I'm happy that we exist now, but, but that's the, I think that's the key. Just getting reps, whatever, however you can get reps, just, just get it in.
0: I I think another thing that's, that's important for parents to understand is there's nothing wrong with you know, get on the internet and trying to get information. There are some really valuable things on the internet, but there's also some some things out there that, that you probably want to stay away from. Yeah. But I think that what a player should also do is, uh, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to different coaches, you know, uh-huh. and different people and just say, hey, you know, do you have, do you know a drill or two I can do to improve on my shooting? Uh-huh. And, you know, and, and they can give you some information. Or if they may – or, if you know, you may ask them more specifically – um, do you know of a website that I can go to to yeah, get some good some good information, good drills, make sure that that we're getting something that's that's going to add value to your in-game um abilities? Yeah. So yeah, I agree. So so now um as a coach, we we always ask our players to get better, do different things to improve their mm-hmm. game and their craft and their skills. How do you improve your craft? As a skill development coach do you have other coaches or trainers that that you may bounce ideas off of do you have a mentor do you have websites that that you go to
1: uh not too many websites I like I, I go through the YouTube every now and then also to see what's out there but I, I, I actually as I got older or we, we've gotten older we've gotten dumber as far as our drills are concerned and and, and by that I mean we we, we watch basketball games and we apply what's going to happen in the game 4 point guard. You should watch this guy, and then we watch that guy to see what drills or what he does to get how, to get off. So we 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 we've taken it back a little bit. We watched a lot of game footage, break broken down a lot of games to find out what how is this guy so successful? was Steph Curry able to do this whip 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 shot? Um, and then see how he's coming off of that it was those screen and rolls or whatever the case may be. Um, so we try to take game related drill or stuff. And apply it to a drill situation. Um, as far as mentors, it's just the old guy in the park, and he, he didn't even have a name. I don't even know his name, <laughs> to, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Johnson or something <laughs> on something along those lines. Um, but again, we uh, Talik, myself, we we play, we we still play. So we we are out there, and like, oh, this will work and you know we did this. Oh, I seen CP3 do this. So oh, okay, yeah, let's do that. Let's see if we can make that into a drill. So. That's basically where we get our motivation from, and, and some of our friends are in the business, um, we watch some of that Instagram stuff, and they not necessarily we mimic the drill, but we, it, it spawns um, an idea, idea like yeah. a, as an idea, yeah. or like oh, okay, you could do, yeah, that, okay, I can see it, um, and and then we go from there.
0: And I think but, that's, I think that's important for for other trainers to hear, you know, if I see something that you're doing. You know, you you may come up with a drill for a particular player for their particular skill set. And you may say, well, this person has great footwork going left, but their footwork going right is off. So you may come up with a drill that says, I need something to improve a footwork going right. And I may see that on YouTube or on the Internet somewhere and go, oh, I'm going to do that drill because it looks cool. But sometimes we don't always understand the purpose of a drill.
1: Of the drill, right. Why they're doing
0: the drill. So sometimes we have to understand the purpose
1: behind that drill. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. And <laughs> I've been wanting to say this for like three years now, and yeah. I just haven't figured out without offending offending anyone.
0: Well, don't worry uh, about offending anybody here. Just go ahead and say what you got to say.
1: There's a okay. There's a drill that every trainer I'm not gonna say every trainer. A lot of trainers do, and this um they're they're walking backwards when they're they 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 trainees walking at them with a ball in his or her hand. And another train a trainer's walking backwards and they're throwing another ball at them. Mm -hmm. And they have to make a move. I don't know if you're familiar with it, you have to make a quick move and then pass the ball the other ball back.
0: Right. Right. You seen that drill? Yeah. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Okay. To me, and now maybe I'm wrong in my purpose of the drill. To me, the drill should be set up where or the purpose of it is once the coach passes the ball, you make your double move. So that the ball is you're moving the ball faster. Right. You, you so right. as opposed mm-hmm. to just throwing it and then they making a move and they know when it's coming. So we, we do it where we, you don't know when it's coming. So once it comes, you go pop pop. Then it comes again. You don't know when it's coming. It's off rhythm. We throw mm-hmm. it to the pop pop. So you make it pop pop again, as opposed to just double cross, boom, pass, double cross, boom, pass, catch the ball, double cross pass. Right. So that, that right. you, I don't know what you're doing. That's, That's a hand-eye coordination drill, not a ball handling drill. So, as a you know, like I'm throwing it at you, where you have to make your double quick, quick, real fast, then pass the other ball back. So that to me, that's like a little like the purpose of the drill is a little off to me. Now I may be off.
0: So uh, no, because I'm gonna tell you, I'm I'm gonna tell you what what um, something that I've come to realize here lately. If I thought the same as you, Mm -hmm. and then we both thought the same as our man David. Uh, in mm-hmm. Virginia, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. thought the same as Gannon Baker. We thought the same as Michael Lancaster. The game would never evolve. Agreed. The game would never evolve. The game would stay stagnant. The game would stay the same. And and then what would happen is the teachers of the game would not be taking the game to another level. The level. Agreed. So that means that the players would stay stagnant, and then the game would just kind of kind of bottom out. So how I looked at it was, do I agree? with everything that other trainers do? No. So what you were talking about with that drill is perfect because you looked at that drill and said, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Right. So you said, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to do it a little bit different. So now the coach that's listening to this, the one that's been doing that drill, he's <laughs> going to say, you know what, I like that. I'm going I'm to apply that. But then you're going to have somebody else to say, well, I like what he's doing, but I may tweak it just a little bit more. So now that drill is evolving
1: well, I got you. Yeah, you see what I'm sense. saying? Yeah, that you makes sense. sense. Yeah, I got you.
0: So, you know, um, I think that as coaches, if we continue to do that and we continue to think, um, the game will evolve. But we can't all think the same.
1: You're absolutely right. Yep. You're absolutely right.
0: All right. So so now, Coach, this is what we're fishing to get into Um we're fixing to get into our rapid-fire shooting segment. Okay. This is where I'm going to spit out five questions to you real quick. They're all multiple choice, and as soon as I ask you the question, you've got to give me your answer. And then we'll go back, and we'll give you a couple of, a couple of minutes to discuss uh, your choices. Gotcha. All right, so question number one. Do you prefer the one-two step or the hop step when shooting? Uh, one-two. When shooting a basketball, do you want the eyes focused on the rim or following the flight of the ball? On the rim. Do you want elevation or quick release when shooting a basketball?
1: Quick release.
0: All right. Do you prefer a dominant pivot foot or a pivot off of either foot? Dominant. Okay. And would you rather have the less athletic skilled player or the more athletic, less skilled player? More skilled. More skilled. All right. So let's, let's go through these um, real quick. We just spent a, about 15 to 20 seconds give us a, l- a little explanation of why you chose uh, the one that mm-hmm. you that you picked, so it says that uh, or you say that you prefer the one two step over the hop step. Why do you prefer the one two step uh when when it comes to shooting?
1: Hmm. I think it, uh, it allows you I don't, although I understand the other rationale. I think this allows me to have more dom- a dominant pivot foot, which is a later question, and uh-huh. then it allows me to be able to attack a lot more um, a, lot, a
0: lot more
1: forcefully okay
0: you said uh, when it comes to uh, shooting a basketball, you want the eyes focused on the rim. Uh, can you explain to us about that?
1: Uh, yeah, and I give an analogy. If um, if I were a boxer and I wanted to punch you in the face, I'm not going to look at your uh, uh, the glove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to look at the I'm going to look at the target itself. Yeah. So, yeah. keep your eye on the target the whole time. And then at that point, you could be able to see if they are going to be short or uh, you could feel if you're going to be short or whatever the case may be, but if you keep your eye on the target and you follow through correctly, um, you should be able to knock it down.
0: All right. And then on the next one, you said you prefer a quick release when shooting a basketball. Can you give us a little explanation on that?
1: Yeah, I think Steph Curry proved that. Um, not that he is um, – he has probably the quickest release of any human being we've ever seen in this era. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's – because, you know, he has the little handle – and then just gets it off so fast, you forget that he just shot the ball. Or you don't remember that he shot the ball. Um, I think that's the, that's the most important is getting it off quicker. I think that's more important.
0: So on the next question, it says that you prefer the dominant pivot foot over, over pivoting off of either foot. Can you explain your reasoning behind that?
1: Yeah, I think it stems back to being able to attack. So once I catch up one, two, now I have my left foot as my pivot foot. I, could, I think I can do more as opposed to the two the two stop and I can you know I could I could set you up a lot easier with a jab, hard jab, one dribble pull with the dominant pivot foot. I I I just feel that I feel a little quicker that way as a player.
0: And then the the last one it said, would you rather have the less athletic skilled player or the more athletic less skilled player? And and you said the more skilled player with with the less athletic ability. Uh, explain to us your reasoning with that one.
1: I, I can do more with a kid that's skilled. Uh, I think hmm. ultimately as a team, as a coach, I can, I can get him open. I could do a double screen staggered screen. I can do a pick and roll, pick and pop, whatever the case may be an athletic dude. I have to hide him offensively, defensively, obviously he will be a lot more or she right. will be a lot more um, or important because they, they can run and jump and do all that good stuff. But I don't want to necessarily hide you on offense. I, I want to run a continuity, whether it's dribble, drive, or whatever the case may be. If you have no skill other than your athleticism, I, I if you can't dribble, shoot, or pass, well, I, it's, it's hard to hide you on offense.
0: <laughs> well, Coach, man, you have uh, uh, really given us some valuable information, and and I appreciate your time. But before you go, I have one more question for you. Gotcha. So here's your question.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: get a chance to coach your ultimate basketball team. You could pick any player or players from any era, dead or alive, male or female. Who are the five players you are picking to be on your team?
1: Uh, can I ask a qualifying question? <laughs> What's that? Uh, is it an All-Star team or a team we're going 82 games with?
0: Uh, no one's ever asked me that before. We'll just say uh, th- we'll just say you got one game. We're just going to play one game.
1: Okay. I'm going um, Mike, LeBron, Duncan, Shaq, and Kobe. Man.
0: Well, man, I appreciate it. Great question. Uh, You definitely dropped some knowledge, and uh, we're going to have to do this again.
1: Sounds good, man. I appreciate it.
0: All right. So, that was the interview I did with Mark Williams of Team Footprints Basketball. I hope y'all enjoyed the show. I hope you got some really good information. I know you got some really good information. Uh, So, because... Cause uh, Mark always is is giving some good info, good insight on the game of basketball, especially when it comes to skill development. So before I let y'all go, let me tell y'all real quickly. I have my book out. Yeah, uh, my book has been out for about a year. It's a, a ten chapter, seventy eight page paperback book on skill development. It's not a drill book, but it has a lot of information on skill development. I feel like it's important and relevant when you're putting together a program. So y'all be sure to check it out. You can find it on my website. Uh, tjonesfirm.com forward slash sdp hyphen book you can go in there and find out all the information about the book or you can check it out on amazon if you just search skill development playbook it's available as a paperback and as a kindle uh, kindle version the paperback is $9.99 on amazon and also on my website and is available as a kindle version for $3.99 or as a PDF download on my website for three ninety five. dollars So y'all be sure to check me out on my website, tjonesfirm.com. Also, if you need anything, you have any questions about skill development, uh, putting together a program, getting started, you know, how to put together a plan, uh, y'all be sure to, to, to contact me, send me an e- a email to info at tjonesfirm.com. I check my emails pretty often. Um, But if you got something real quick, quick question, be sure to hit me up on social media. I'm pretty active on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can find me uh, by my handle at NBNBball. Also, while you're on there, be sure to check out Team Footprints. You can find them on Instagram and also on Twitter. Their handle is at Team Footprints with a Z at Team Footprints. They're also on both of those social media sites. And also they have uh, some podcasts and, and some other things that they're doing that you want to check out. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, I appreciate everybody's been listening to the show. Um, if you don't subscribe to the show, whether it's on Apple or or Google, be sure to subscribe. Be sure to uh, give me a review. I need more reviews that that gives um, that gives people a, a it helps me with my ratings and, and people will be able to find the show more. So we're just trying to just trying to share the game as much as possible. Just trying to help as much as I can when it comes to skill development. So uh, whether you're on Apple, Stitcher, Google, be sure to subscribe. Also, I, I would truly, truly appreciate a five-star rating. So that is it. So I appreciate everybody listening and tuning in this week. Until next time, thank y'all and God bless.